this morning also that this message I'm praying uh, uh, that I'm going to be talking about this morning. Um, there's been a fight for this message. There has been a fight for this message. A lot of things have, have happened during the week to try and distract me, to try and get us off course. Uh, but I want to I want to let you know that we God's won. <laughs> God always wins. Uh, <laughs> Some of you are fighting God. Give up. <laughs> Give up. It's not going to work. Stop running from him and run to him. Because I believe that God is just going to have some amazing things to say in our lives this morning. So uh, the, the, I'm, we're just going to be talking over the next few weeks ahead about uh, encountering the presence of God. I want to talk about encountering the presence of God. Um, it's, it's a series that's actually based uh, on a series of messages that Pastor Frank Damasio of uh, City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon, uh, has, has made available. And I've, I've uh, looked at the, the series of messages and I've put my flavor on it. And, uh, but it's, it's, it's essentially what I believe God is saying to us as a church. So I just want to commit this to you this morning as something that I believe that is going to help us, is going to see us prosper is going to see our lives change. I believe that God is going to do an amazing work in your life and in mine as we expose ourselves to the very heart of God and what He is wanting for you and for me this morning. Can you agree with me in that? Amen. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you for the Word of God this morning. We thank you that it brings transformational change. It helps us to see things in a new light. It helps us to comprehend you in a new way. It it helps us to experience you in a new way. It it helps us to to actually uh, touch base with you, to to, to encounter you in in everything that we're doing. So, Father, I pray that as I begin to speak, that you'd speak through me, that uh, all of our lives would be different. And this community would know that there is a God who loves them, who cares about them, and, and wants a relationship with them. Father, we just commit this to you in Jesus' Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful name. Amen. Um, so the presence of God, I just want to be up front with you this morning, is not a force. It's not some sort of influence. Okay? It's, uh, it's, it's, it's nothing like that. But it is the personal, life-changing presence of the living God who abides in us and dwells among us. Now, there are sermon notes this morning. So if you haven't got any sermon notes, let me know. Put your hand up. Our wonderful hosts will... Uh, Get them into your hand. That will be fantastic. You will need a pen. There are some blanks in your notes that you'll need to write down. Bless you. So the personal presence of God is not a force. It's not an, uh, an influence, so to speak, that we seek but a personal life-changing presence of the living God who abides in us and dwells amongst us. Moses, uh, the servant of God, had experienced the presence of God at the burning bush and it changed his life, absolutely changed his life. As he prepared to embark upon the journey to lead God's people into the vision that God had given to them, he gives God one stipulation. He's sort of like, you know, you, you can imagine God just... Uh, with Moses and Moses you know is is talking to God about moving ahead and doing these things that he's got on his heart to do and Moses makes this one stipulation and that is simply that God's presence must go with Moses and the people of God the presence of God was crucial to them moving ahead and to to possess everything 
that God wanted for them. Let's, let's read this together. Exodus 33 verses 12 to 17. It says, One day Moses said to the Lord, You've been telling me, take these people up to the promised land. But you haven't told me whom you're going to send with me. You've told me I know you by name and I look favorably on you. If it's true that you look favorably on me, let me know your way so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. And remember, this nation is your very own people. So, so Moses is here. He's still got this massive insecurity in his life, not you know, uh, having a, a confidence in his own ability. That's, that's not a, a, a bad thing per se, but when it actually cripples us to not being able to pursue what God wants us to do, I believe that then it, it's, it's starting to get out of balance and we need to, to just bring that into balance. So we've got Moses here. He's saying, you know, uh, uh, I need someone to help me to do this. I need someone to help me to do this. And God, you've told me, you know me by name and you look favorably on me. So what's the deal? What's going to happen? And this is what God says. In verse 14, he says, The Lord replied, I will go, per- I'll personally go with you, Moses, and I'll give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. What a great thing to have God say to you, isn't it? God says to you, you know, you're not just getting anybody. You're not getting Hercules. You're not getting Samson. One of those guys, in fact, I think they all came after this period anyway. So, But, you know, you're not getting just anybody. You're getting me. I'm going to come on this ride with you. And Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and on your people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. Your presence is what makes the difference. Your presence is what makes the difference. Have you ever wondered why? That when you're with certain people who are far from God maybe, and they're just looking at you, and you're just acting normal, like you know, you're in relationship with God, you're just... You're talking with him, you're worshipping him, you're praising him, you're reading your Bible and all that sort of stuff. And, and you have these conversations with people and they say, man, there's something different about you. That's the presence of God. That is the presence of God. That's the thing that stands out. That's the thing that sets us apart. That's the thing that actually attracts people to God is his presence. It's the thing that makes God desirable, it's his presence. We come into his presence and we're in awe. We are just absolutely in wonder and amazement at how amazingly good God is. The Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you've asked, for I look favorably on you and I know you by name. I believe God says that to us today. It's my conviction that it's the presence of God that actually sets his people apart. Now, Moses understood the importance of God's presence. It was a sign of God's purpose for his people and it would distinguish them from all others. I believe it's so important to have a biblical understanding concerning the presence of God and a passion to lead people into his presence. How can we experience such a wonderful presence of God as we have this morning during worship? And the the team did amazingly well. Okay, the thing you don't understand about this morning is I want to say thank you personally to Shane for coming in a little bit early and actually giving us lighting on the stage. 
Because one of the, the fights for this, uh, this morning's service and this morning's message was that our lighting for the stage all went on the fritz on Friday night. It, the things just said, I'm not working anymore. And we don't know why. We've asked it very politely. He said, why aren't you working? He said, didn't say anything. Didn't even blink a red light at it. Just ignore us. Yeah, I was most offended. So I thank you to, to Shane. But thank you to the team as well. Every one of the team on, on stage is as, as the flu. Do you understand there's been a fight for this morning? The, 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 the enemy is trying to contend for this message this morning. But he's lost. He's lost. Because we're here, we're going to hear this message this morning. See, I be, we believe this, this whole thing about encountering the presence of God so much that we've made it a part of the purpose of this church. Infused Church is about encountering the presence of God. Because part of our, our mission statement, our purpose statement says, we're becoming passionate followers of Jesus. Just, just say that to yourself right now, out loud. I am a passionate follower of Jesus. I am a passionate follower of Jesus. I am a passionate follower of Jesus. I'm a passionate follower of Jesus. Come on! I'm a passionate follower of Jesus. Get some backbone behind you. Say it like you've got a spine. Come on! None of this jellyfish sort of saying stuff. Come on! Bit of steel. I'm a passionate follower of Jesus. There's nothing like the presence of God. When, you, when we've enjoyed the presence of God like we have this morning... I think there's something wrong if we go to our workplaces, we go to our universities or our schools, and we say nothing about the presence of God that we've experienced. I believe that there's something intrinsically out of sync when that happens. You're really quiet now, aren't you? <laughs> but I believe that there's something wrong. I think that there's, there's something not, not right. There's, there's a disconnect there somewhere. If we are so embraced, so God so touches us with his presence on a Sunday morning that we say nothing during the week about it. Either, either the enemy has come in and has got us thinking that we can't say anything. And I understand this thing about political correctness and stuff like that. Like no prayer in schools. But I tell you what, when there's a crisis in a school, I'll bet you the first thing they do is pray. When there's a, there's a crisis at work, I, prayer wouldn't stop me. Prayer didn't stop me. As a, as a police officer, when I used to work in, in the communications room, like I had people ringing me on triple O, crying out for help. And until I, I, you know, they, they needed a police car, I organized for a police car to get there. But until the police car got there, I would stay on that phone to them. And I'd say, you know what, I'm a Christian. I actually believe in the power of prayer. Can I pray for you whilst we're on the phone? 
I never had a single person say, no, actually, no, that's politically incorrect. I just can't, can't handle that. I mean, that's just not right, you know. I mean, I'm going to tell your boss that you've just, you've just prayed for me. You're a Christian. That's just disgusting. Never once had that happen to me. In fact, I never had any of my bosses come up to me and say, you should never have done that. They did try to tell me to stop reading my Bible. I said, I'll stop my, reading my Bible when you tell them to stop reading the Woman's Day. Is that fair or what? (laughs) See, here's the deal. I need God's presence. I'm going to tell you right now, every one of your leaders in this church needs God's presence. I want to know that someone's hearing from God as they're leading me. See, I don't just like... um, lead this church on my own. I have people speak into my life. I, I, I access people who are further down the road than me, pastors that have got bigger churches. I have a coach who's, who speaks to me. We speak on a regular basis. Pastor Steve McCracken. Boy, does he speak to me. He's a prophet. Knows everything. Try living that over your head. But it's, it's, there's this stuff where, you know, we need the people around us Hearing from God. You need God's presence. For everything that's happening in your world, you need God's presence to have an individual experience of His presence in your life. It empowers us and it sets us apart. It doesn't set us apart as being better than other people, but rather it changes us and people want God in their lives too. Never think that the presence of God makes us better. The presence of God makes us feel loved, helps us to deal with the issues of life, heals us, touches us, sets us free, empowers us to do the thing that God has called us to do. And it's never for arrogance. It's never to lord it over people, but to lead people to Jesus, to point to Jesus. It's a sign and a wonder. What's a sign and a wonder? If something points to Jesus. should never point to a person or a ministry should always point to the person of God. I believe we must have and see and experience the very presence of God in each of our services and meetings to carry his presence into our homes, our communities, our workplaces, our schools, those places that we go to. The bottom line is this. It, you know, sometimes they say, what's the bottom line? Well, here's, here's the thing. In business, success is the bottom line. Success is the bottom line for business. In sports, success is the win-loss record. In television, success is seen as the ratings that we have. In politics, success is the votes that they get or that they don't get. So what's the bottom line for the church? Well, I would suggest to us this morning that the bottom line is the powerful abiding sense of God's presence. That's the bottom line for for the church. Because it's only God that will bring the change. Man's teaching won't, but God's teaching will. Whenever God's presence was with his people, they were empowered to do everything that he told them to do. Whenever God's presence was with his people, to my knowledge, they never lost a battle. I stand to be corrected on that. But if I read my Bible fairly accurately, my understanding is that when God's presence was with his people, they never lost a gig. They always see 
their enemy defeated. They always see the breakthrough. God's presence is empowering. It gives power. It enables. It gives authority. Someone who's empowering makes us more confident, prepared, filled with God's spirit to, to, to make someone able to do something or make something possible. That's, that's what uh, someone who's empowering does. You know, and I think you know, we could all probably think of people that aren't empowering, uh, they actually disempower. Uh, they, they, they're autocratic. You've got to do it this way. It's the only way. It's the highway if you don't. Okay? There's this area, though, where we find in empowering people. And we flourish in that. We thrive in that. That's what God's presence does for us. God's presence empowers us to do what we're called to do. God's presence enables the church to be the church. Right here, we are a God-centered church. What that means is that the presence of God is at the core of everything that we do. It's about his life-giving presence in us. It's about receiving that direct revelation, that wisdom, that knowledge, that prophetic utterance that we we are able to to just speak out and to see situations change. It's the presence of God that enables us to do that. It's by the gifts of the Spirit being activated in our lives that we start to reach out and believing for the gift of faith, the gift of miracles, the gifts of healing. We need each one of those things activated in our lives because when we come out into the street, when we're talking to people in, in, in the street, our neighbors, our co-workers, our friends, our school buddies on the, on the oval or whatever, you know, we need to be operating and saying, God, what is it you want to say to these people? I've started now, when I go shopping with Jane or, or whatever, wherever I am, I'm thinking, God, God, is there something you want to say to this person? Is there something that you want to, to share with this person as I'm, I'm being served by them or I'm being helped by them? Is there something that you want me to say to this person? What makes me do that? The presence of God. Thank you. So I want a deeper passion for God's presence. As a church, I believe that we need the the presence of God. It's what makes our our worship different. It's His presence. It's His presence. So a passion for His presence. Passion is zeal. It's ardor, love. It's eager desire for God's presence. A passionate pursuit to experience God's presence. Can I I tell you, a passionate pursuit for God's presence. Here's something that might help us to understand this, okay? When I first met Jane, I fell in love with her. It was love at first sight. Okay? But I had to overcome some obstacles before she would go out with me on our first date. I was a school kid, had no money. Okay? Jane was working uh, at the confectionery stall in David Jones. Okay? That's, that's the only reason I really married, I went out for it is because of the lollies. <laughs> it's not true, not true. <laughs> Sherbet bombs, yeah. When I, I met Jane for that first time, after that, she went on four weeks' leave. The audacity. I did, actually. I just hung around the lolly shop. She had other commitments. I asked her to go out when she came back from, from her holidays, and each of the nights that I asked her to go out with me, she had something else on, had to do something else. She even went to a Boz Skaggs concert. Boz Skaggs. Google it, find out who he is. I just showed my age then, didn't I? But here's the thing. See, that I had a passion that paid a price 
And today I've had the honour and the privilege of being married to Jane for over 35 wonderful, amazing and unforgettable years. See, that's what does. Passion will help you to overcome obstacles in your life. Passion that costs nothing is a passion that I believe won't last. It's the same for us in the presence of God. Here's this, you've got this, this dilemma almost, right? On the one hand, you've got a convenient passion or hunger for God. It's just because, you know, it's like when you're hungry, you know, oh, it's just convenient, I'll just eat. And you do that. But on the other hand, you've got this passion or this hunger for God, you know you've got to pay a price for. It's going to cost you some t- something. And sometimes it's going to cost you everything. It's going to cost you your reputation. It's going to cost you time, money. It's going to cost you your convenience, your comfortableness. Are we willing to pay the price for the presence of God in our lives? Are we willing to pay the price for his presence? See, passion biblically means to delight in, to take pleasure in, to desire, to be pleased with, to experience that which a person strongly wishes to have. That's what it is to have biblical passion. And sometimes, like with our lives right now, I mean, we've got so many different apps on our phones and our iPads and on our laptops and stuff like that that, that tell us that, you know, it's going to make it easy, it's going to make you faster, it's going to make you have more time and stuff. But you know what? I find that the more I'm doing those sort of things, I'm not pursuing the presence of God. I just get caught up in social media. I get caught up in, in, in all fiddling with these apps and, 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 and things like that. And all of a sudden, I find myself in a position where I'm no longer in pursuit of God, but I, I find myself so filled up with everything else but God. And I'm not trying to make people feel guilty this morning. All I'm simply saying is that's my, my experience. We've got to pay a price for the presence of God. Sometimes we do need to switch off the television. Sometimes we do need to set aside time. And if you're extremely busy, schedule it in your calendar. God honors that. He knows you're making time. He's no, he knows that he's a priority that's made your calendar. Sometimes we've just got to pay a price. So what does the word presence mean? Well, the Hebrew word is paniam, P-A-N-I-Y-A-M, paniam. I'm not sure I'm saying it right, but that's what it is. It's translated presence 76 times, and it's derived from the root word pana, which means to turn the face, to turn the face. The presence of God in Scripture has the idea of God's face being turned towards someone in acceptance and favor. His presence fills us up, it pervades, it permeates, it overspreads us. One aspect of the presence of God is simply coming face to face in relationship with God to receive everything that he has for our life. I was reminded this morning even where uh, John the Baptist, you know, at at Jesus' 
the start of his ministry, Jesus goes to John the Baptist and says, I need to be baptized by you. And John the Baptist says, I'm not even fit to tie your, your, your shoelaces. But he says, these things need to be done. And then Jesus gets baptized by John the Baptist. You know, as a part of that, John says, as Jesus is approaching, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Yet we find in Matthew chapter 11 that John the Baptist is now in prison. He's discouraged. The very purpose of Jesus coming to the earth was to release the captives, to set free those who are prisoner. And yet John is here now, who's proclaimed, he's prepared the way for Jesus, finds himself in prison. And that's the dilemma that we have in pursuing what God wants for us. It's, it's this dilemma of some, you know, God's promises something, and we find ourselves at the very opposite end of that, doing the very thing that he's come to, to be able to re, you know, release into our lives. And John the Baptist is discouraged. He, he, he sends his disciples to, to Jesus and he says, are you really the one that is to come or should we expect another? In his place of being in prison, in his discouragement, in his, in his down-spirited way, he's, he's, he's doubted now that Jesus is the real deal. And what does Jesus do? Jesus just tells the disciples, go back and tell John. The blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life. And you can almost hear John saying, but, but are you the one? And Jesus says, just grabs his face and says, pulls it back and says, the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear. But, 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 no. the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised. Don't look at what I'm not doing. Look at what I am. Focus on the things that God is doing in your life. But God hasn't given me the... The lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life. But God prom... The lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised to life. This is what it means to be in the presence of God. This is what it means to have a biblical understanding of what passion is, what God's presence is. I would encourage any one of you this morning that is struggling. You, you, you've had promises over your life. You see what God's word says about healing. You've seen what God's word says about provision. You've seen what God's word says about so many different things in your world and you're not seeing the fulfillment of it and you're majoring on what God isn't doing instead of what God is doing. God is shaping Christ-likeness in your heart and your spirit. I feel I just need to, to leave my notes just for a tick here. But when the people of God came out of Egypt, there was an opportunity, you read it, where the, the people of Israel said, look, we can take a shortcut through this particular area here 
and it'll be a shorter route for us. But God said, no, you're going to go the right right way, the the, the correct way, because sometimes God is going to take us on a journey. Though it's a difficult journey through a wilderness thing of our lives, he's wanting to shape our character and create a reliance upon who he is. And if we take the shortcut, we're going to shortcut what God wants to build into our character. And many of you are saying, look, I wish there was an easier way. I wish there was a way that we could avoid going through this. I wish that I didn't have to go through this. I wish that I didn't have to see this continual battle come up in my life. But God is saying, I'm shaping my character in you. I'm shaping what I want to do in your life. I'm shaping you to be able to handle the actual blessing and the the favor of God that I want to pour through your life. But if you take a shortcut, if you shortcut what I want to do, then you're not going to see the blessing because I want to take you on on a journey that's a hard way. But it's about pursuing the presence of God. Sometimes God's not in the shortcut. I would suggest that God's not ever in the shortcut. He'll meet you in there when you cry out to him and it all comes unglued. That was a really good word for someone. There's three different levels of God's presence. Jane will tell you, That there are times that I'm with her, but I'm not with her. I can be sitting in the same room and Jane can talk to me and it's it's just not like, no clue. There are three different levels of God's presence. However, unlike me, God's never not there. Okay, let's look at the three different levels. Number one, and you need to write this in your notes, he's everywhere. God is everywhere. God's presence is everywhere. He's present in the whole of creation and the universe. Psalm 139 verses 6 to 9. I love this. This is out of the Passion Translation. It says, this is too wonderful. It's deep. It's incomprehensible, the writer says. Your understanding of me brings wonder and strength. Where could I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the realm of the dead, you're there too. If I fly with the wings into the shining dawn, you're there. If I fly into the radiant sunset, you're there waiting. Where can I go? Jeremiah 23, 24 says, Can anyone hide himself in a secret place so I cannot see him? Says the Lord. Do I not fill heaven and the earth? Says the Lord. The presence of God is everywhere all at once. God is everywhere. The, the scientific word for this is omnipresence. I know that. I read it on the back of a matchbox. That's what omnipresence, you know, omnipotent, omnipresent, uh, omniscient, those big omni words. It's one of the things I love about God. We can't escape him. I heard this funny story about this lady who, was, who came forward for prayer at this particular church. And this, this lady was speaking to the person that was going to be praying for her. And she's, going, she's whispering. She's, she's just whispering. And he sort of like says to her, why are you whispering? She says, I didn't want God to hear. <laughs> and we can laugh at that. 
But that's how some people who don't know God think that God is. They don't realize that he's everywhere. Now, this pastor just encouraged this lady to go home and go into a bedroom and and really talk to God about the stuff that's going on in her heart because she was angry with God. And she thought that God would be upset with her if she shared what was really in her heart. But here's the deal. God's everywhere. There's nowhere we can hide from him. I feel that this is a word for people this morning as well. It's time you stopped running from God. It's time you stopped running from God. It is time you stopped running from God. It is time that you yielded your will to his will. It is time that you stopped running from God. Bless you. It is time that you stopped running from God and started running to him. Stop trying to to hide from him. It's time to turn around and yield to his embrace and his call on your life. You are better than you think, that you are stronger than you believe. You are stronger than you believe in God. Secondly, about the presence of God is, not only is it everywhere, it's somewhere. It's somewhere. God chooses to reveal himself sovereignly. At times there's this strange sense of God being, being in a building, a community, a region, affecting those that come within its power. I, I remember seeing the transformations videos a, a number of years ago. It, what happened was these communities, these churches, banded together in complete unity. They were not in competition with each other, but they actually started to work together just to affect their community. And what they discovered was something incredible, that the sense of God's presence commanded a blessing over those towns, those communities. There was like uh, this particular farming region where, where God... God just did a sovereign work and and everywhere that uh, like in this farming region where these churches were represented or the the, the people in their churches were represented when they they started to check out their fruit of the the, the produce of the land and stuff like that. There were carrots like the size of my forearm that they pulled out of the ground. Rain would just just be poured out whenever they needed it. There there was like in particular South American countries where they did this, the, the, the entire town uh, started to, to, to turn its back on alcoholism and, the, and the, the, the incidences of domestic violence dropped through the floor so that the police, they, they no longer had a, a job or a role to do because God had done something specific in a particular area. We read of the great revivals of past years where, you know, like the miners and they had these donkeys that used to pull these carts. You know, the, the, the donkeys suddenly didn't pull these carts anymore because the, sw- the miners weren't swearing and the donkey didn't understand what the new words were, please come this way, come along this way. There was no swear words anymore, so the donkeys didn't understand it. So they, 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 the donkeys are just being really stubborn and wouldn't do what they want. Why? Because God's presence had shown up in a particular region. You know, the, you, you hear of stories where um, uh, people uh, with a particular anointing on their life you know, pass through a region. When they pass through on a train going past a hospital, there were people in that hospital that miraculously got healed and set free. Why? Because the presence of God had come into a particular area and, and that something happened happened I don't know about you but that excites me 
I believe that we need to see those things happen again. I believe that we can declare over our, our, this land here, over this community, that it's a cancer-free zone. We need to, to, to believe that it's a, it's a place of healing. It's a place of restoration. It's a place where the, the, the blessing of God is commanded. Why? Because His presence is here. I believe, you know, to celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary, we, we went up to Cairns. And uh, uh, we were walk- walking through this particular uh, shopping district. We went into this uh, Korean gift shop. And, and Jane and I noticed that there was something different about the shop. We really, uh, Jane noticed it more than, more than I did. But, you know, there's a sense of, of God in the, in the shop. And then we listened. And there was Hillsong being played in Korean in the shop. What, what made it, we, we noticed that, the, the presence of God, before we noticed the music. There was a peace, there was a comfort in that shop. See, God's somewhere. His presence is somewhere. Just skip down to 2 Chronicles 5, 11 to 14. It says this. And it came to pass when the priests came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without keeping to their divisions, and the Levites who were the singers, all those of Asaph and Heman. And, see, Heman was well before you know, this TV program that you see on TV, where it was. And Jeduthun, with their sons and brethren, stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps, and with them 120 priests sounding with the trumpets. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound, to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, who his mercy endures forever, that the house. The house of the Lord was filled with the cloud so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. I want that for us. I want it so that everything else, all of our program, all of our intentions, all of our agenda, all of my run sheet goes out the window because God has just sovereignly shown up in a, pos- in a place. How good would that be in your lounge room? How good would that be in your school? How good would that be in your workplace where the workplace comes to a grinding stop because there's a cloud that's in there and there's flashes of lightning and there's angelic beings going around saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Sends a shiver down my spine thinking about it. J. Edwin Orr said this, To be in the presence of the Lord is to be revived. When a community of believers is brought low before the presence of the Lord, when the very air that they breathe appears to be supercharged with the sense of His presence, it's the beginning of revival. It is revival. That's what we need. Thirdly, last point, not only is God's presence everywhere, it's somewhere, but it's on someone. on someone the vivid presence of God it's when everywhere becomes somewhere that it can become a personalized presence to someone in Exodus 3 we read Moses encountering the personal presence of God in a burning bush it was there right there with him In Psalm 89, verse 15, Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship, for they will walk in the light of your presence, Lord. Worship's a huge key to the presence of God. 
Worship is one of the major ways of experiencing the tangible presence of God in our lives. Psalm 22 verse 3 says, But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. During worship at church, I felt the very presence of God. Many of us have. On a boat in the Sea of Galilee, Jane and I, when the, 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 the captain of the boat put the music on, instantly the presence of God, we began to worship unashamedly. didn't care who was looking else on the boat. Jane and I, the presence of God was so strong there. We got tears streaming down our face because the presence of God was on a boat. God showed himself and revealed his presence to us in the moment of worship. When I've cranked up the worship music in my car and cried out to God, I've tangibly felt the presence of God. When I've had, uh, like, I've done what I felt God had asked me to do, I've felt His presence. I've felt His smile. And there are many here, you know, we too have experienced those, those times, the tangible presence of God. It's when we've experienced the tangible presence of God, we don't want to lose it. It becomes precious, it becomes highly valued for us and something that we will do anything to keep. We find ourselves like when we're, we're out of sync with God in Psalm 51 verse 11, don't cast me away from your presence, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. There's this cry in our heart, we want more of God, we want more of God, we want more of God. There's so much to the the presence of God that we need. Even the encounter that Mary and Martha had with Jesus. They're sitting, you know, like Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus and Martha's worried about everything that's going on. She says, look, can you talk to Mary? As usual, I'm doing all the work. And Jesus says to to Martha, Mary's chosen the better thing. I'm not going to take that from her. She's paying a price. You know what? It doesn't matter if the preparations don't go ahead. It doesn't matter if we don't have tea on time. It doesn't matter if you haven't vacuumed the floors. It doesn't matter. She's chosen the better thing. It's the presence of God. The presence of God, when we're right there in the middle of it, surrounded by it, as though we were sitting at the feet of Jesus himself, nothing else matters. Nothing. Nothing matters. Ted Rendell says this. During a spiritual awakening, there is first an overwhelming awareness of the presence of God among his people. I have no hesitation in saying that this awareness of God is the crying need of the church today. It's the presence of God. This morning, our lives can go in so many different directions. We can be pulled in so many different directions in our life. And this morning, I feel God strongly saying to us, just grabbing and taking hold of our faces gently, saying, don't worry about that. The lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear. And the dead are raised to life. But, 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 we need to come back to highly prizing the very presence of God once more in the church. We are a God centered church, we are in passionate pursuit of Jesus. We are becoming fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. But more than that, We don't want it just for ourselves. The next part of our purpose statement as a church says it very clearly. And we're being equipped to help others 
experience the same presence that we've experienced. I don't want all of this just for me. It's really nice. I enjoy it. It's something that's special to me. But I believe God wants our unsaved family and friends to experience it too. I believe God wants our community to know that he's alive, that he's real, that his presence can be felt. His presence liberates us to a whole new way of living. This week, I believe lives are going to change because you come into a sense of God's presence. Let's stand this morning. I just would ask that if you could just close your eyes, bow your heads in an attitude of prayer this morning, please. I want to pray for some things that God laid on my heart. I want to pray for those who've never felt the presence of God. You think I'm talking about something that you believe you'll never experience for yourself. I want to pray for you. God gives us feelings. He gives us the ability to physically touch, to sense, to know when people are around us. God wants to reveal his presence to you this morning. I believe God wants to reach out and to touch your life in a way that you've never had your life touched before. Is there anyone here this morning? You just, you want to, you want to feel God's presence. You want to tangibly feel God's presence. Is there anyone here this morning? Just put your hand up nice and tall so I can see it. I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Any others? Thank you. Thank you. Heavenly Father, Reveal yourself to these people. In the wonderful name of Jesus, let them this week, as they make time, as they set aside time to feel your presence, to feel it, really feel your presence, maybe for the first time. Lord, I pray, touch these people in the wonderful name of Jesus. I also believe, and I don't know everybody here this morning, I don't know where you've come from in life, I don't know where you are in the journey of even uh, knowing who Jesus is. But I want to make give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning. Because I believe that one of the greatest ways that we can feel God's presence is as he comes into our heart and transforms us from the inside out. So this morning, if you've never asked Jesus into your life, but this morning you sense, man, I've got to do this. This is like, I feel I just, there's something here. I don't know what it is. It's Jesus. It's God. That's the presence that you feel. This morning, is there someone here? You've never invited Jesus to be your Lord and say, but this morning you say, I've got to do this. Would you put your hand up? I want to pray for you. We're going to pray together. Is there anyone here this morning? Anyone at all? Just put your hand up nice and tall so I can see it. The other people I wanted to pray for this morning is those who are running from God. Those who know that God is is talking to you, revealing himself to you, and you're on the run.
you, you've tried hiding from God, you've ducked, you've weaved, you've bobbed, you've tried to avoid him, sometimes you just don't even want to come to church because you're trying to avoid him. I believe that God is saying to you this morning, it's time to stop running. Are there people here this morning? I can pray for them. You simply say, Lord, I'm going to stop running. I'm going to stop running from you. I'm going to start to run to you. Is there anyone here this morning that I can pray for? Put your hand up. I know there are people here that need this. Put your hand up nice and tall. Heavenly Father, I thank you for who you are to us this morning. Right now, I pray for those who are running from you to run to you. Father, I thank you that it is your goodness. It is your love, it's your grace, your forgiveness, your righteousness, your holiness that draws us to you. Help us to stop in our tracks, to turn about and to walk straight into your arms. Father, I thank you for your goodness over your people this morning. Thank you for what you're doing and saying and speaking into our lives today. I thank you that you are mighty and strong. I thank you, Lord God, for release of the miraculous in people this morning, Lord God, for uh, just see signs and wonders happen in their world, Lord God. I pray for every single one of us here to walk in the miraculous, to walk in the anointing of your Spirit, to walk under the unction of your Holy Ghost. Father, to have words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophetic gifts, Lord, the, 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 uh, uh, the gift of faith, the gift of miracles, the gifts of healing, Lord God. Father, operating every one of our lives, Lord God. But Father, uh, we're just going to step out in bold, audacious faith to, to believe for impossible things to happen, Lord God, where we see someone who's, who's uh, uh, got an obstacle in their life, they've got some, some, some form of disability or whatever. Lord, it's no longer an opportunity to walk away, but it's now an opportunity to step into someone's world and to bring in the presence of God, to just call down uh, the, the, the wonderful healing anointing over people's lives, Lord God, to see families transformed, to see families just uh, in the moment of an eye, Lord, where they're fighting, Lord, that they come together and fight for, for things at the foot of the cross, that they would not fight each other, but they would fight the enemy who's trying to destroy them, that come against the spiritual powers of darkness, Lord God. They would start to use the mighty weapons of our warfare to call down those things that are opposed to the knowledge of God, Lord. We pray, Father, for a, a mighty anointing upon your people. They walk in the strength and the power of your Holy Ghost, Lord. Instantly, words, scriptures would come to their minds. They start to declare them into the heavenly realm, Lord God. They start to believe the impossible things. They start to walk in faith. They start to declare things in faith. They start to see the amazing God working miracles. They'd walk past uh, hospitals and doctors' surgery, and some people start to realize. I'm not sick anymore. Why is that? Because the anointing of God has come upon someone who's walked past those places. In the name of Jesus, we declare and release your miraculous working power, God, this morning. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Thank you.